Hello, everyone. Getting ready for the show here. I just got back from Orlando today. I was up there for exchange, hanging out with my good friend Rob Ray. And I also got to hang out with a bunch of merry band of leprechauns traveling with their pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Met Cinderella in real life. And uh, Doris, how you doing? Hello, friends. Uncle Marv here with another episode of the IT Business Podcast, your podcast for IT business support. If you support business in any way, We try to bring you product stories and tips in an effort to help you run your business better, smarter, and faster. And we're going to do that tonight by talking about billing reconciliation and all things related to that. My guest, Colin Knox with Gradient. Colin, how are you? Doing well. How are you? I am doing great myself. Missed you this past uh, week. I was going to say weekend, but it started in the weekend and went through today, but... Didn't yeah. see you guys over in Orlando today. No, we weren't. We weren't at exchange. We're taking a, a wee bit of a break from uh, from events right now. We we poured a, a lot of money into events, and now we're all uh, you know focused on more cost effective go to market right now, and and just working with a lot of the partners we have. Right, so keep things in check and keep uh, keep business rolling forward. Hey, I like to hear that. I like to know that uh, people are putting effort and time into their product. Now, listen, I'm I'm not going to lie and say that going to conferences isn't fun because this one, it was fun. Some yeah. people, some people had a lot more fun than others. Uh, but I will say that you won't see me getting that carried away with the costumes and the karaoke because those were things that were happening at this event. And I don't know how much I can really say about the event. This was my first time attending an exchange, and I don't know what the rules are. It's one of those conferences where you you just can't show up. You got to know somebody. You got to apply. All these things go uh, hand in hand. So I've got to debrief with my sponsor and <laughs> see what I'm allowed to see talk what you're about. Allowed to say, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. But. Um, <laughs> I know that some people that went are are waiting anxiously to see which swag item I pick as best swag. That's going to have to wait a while because I came back, I think it was about three bags full. That's how many vendors were at exchange and they all brought swag and uh, I've got to have some time. I just got back today. I literally woke up this morning, drove back from Orlando. So the swag is sitting over there in the corner of the office. I've got to go through it assess it. I've got some thoughts on what I think might be the top uh, prize getters, but you know, if you really got to look at them and see tons of shirts, tons of mugs, drinkware. Now I will say this, if you brought food or drink, that's not going to qualify. It's got to be something that is, you know, physically, you know, able to withstand the test of time. So it's got to be something you can hold, something you can keep, display, you know, hang a shirt, wear a shirt, drink out of a mug, stuff like that. So uh, the food and drink people, out. And I have to actually, you know, my good buddy Rob over at Pax 8, I had to disqualify them as well. They had a shirt that you couldn't get unless you signed up for the demo. So that's a disqualifier. You have to be able to walk out with the swag as a free item. So Rob... We'll have a chat about that and uh, see if we can get Pax 8 qualified uh, mm-hmm. the next time we're out there. I, I do want to say that I did not tell anybody about the swag that I picked for the MSP slash IT Expo that was held here last month in Fort Lauderdale. This actually was the winner of Best Swag at that event. This is a mug that is, well, it's actually a thermos by Tervis. And it has got the complete lineup of Kaseya, Datto, IT Complete, 
and all the little pretty fly with the Wi-Fi labels and stuff like that. Now, I don't want to taint it by saying that the IT Expo doesn't have as much swag as they had at Exchange, but this stood out. So, unfortunately, Kaseya, you can't win two conferences in a row, so this was at Exchange, and this won't be best swag for 2023 exchange, but good item. It'll sit proudly somewhere in my office. Awesome. So that's what you got cut out for you guys. When you come back out on the road and we see you out there, we'll be judging, judging your swag. We'll bring our swag game for sure. And your uh, MSP squad shirts, right? Yeah. All right. (laughs) So before we get too far into the podcast here, I do want to ask you a question to get us started. Yeah. Because billing reconciliation is not one of those hot topics at the conferences. In fact, I would probably say the last three or four that I've been to never even came up, even as a subtopic in a discussion or keynote. And I, I see I want to wonder, I know that people are using you guys. I know that billing reconciliation is a part of product, but let's talk about what it is and why people should do it. And then of course I'm going to ask you why people aren't talking about it. Yeah. Uh, Well, I think people aren't talking about it because they detest so much the process of doing it. that They don't want to think about it after it's like, I think that every MSP goes through billing amnesia every month where they go through the process. They try to reconcile all the stuff that they're reselling to uh to their agreements and and get their bills out they hate every second of it maybe they're drinking most of the time i don't know but uh (laughs) after that then it's like hey i don't want to think about that again until the last week of next month gotcha and and they go away from it but um but yeah it's uh it's one of these things where nobody had really gone out to solve the problem before and i think MSPs had kind of just accepted that this is what it is. It's a thing we have to do. We have to go get a whole bunch of vendor reports or go into the partner portals every single month and try to find every client and true it up to what we're billing out of the PSA. And you you just go through it and spend a ton of time and and hate every minute of it, or you don't do it at all. And um, yeah, so when when we were looking at at how we could go about solving this and, and helping MSPs, you know, it's it's one of those things that's not really talked about. But every time we have the conversation with an MSP and we ask them what they're doing, it always turns into a, I hate having to do that. Is there a better way? Um, ask when we kind of wave and say you should see a demo of, of what we've built. But uh, yeah, in essence, it, you know, our billing reconciliation does just that. It reconciles the consumption that all of your clients are are using of the various services and MSP resells. And it, it trues that up and updates the PSA agreements to make sure that they're getting paid for everything that their clients are consuming. And it's as simple as that. Um, so not everybody's talking about it. We've, we've driven the conversation really hard over the last year and a bit here. And, uh, uh, we're seeing some some great success. We've got more than 850 MSPs now in just over a year that have come on board. And um, you know, I think we're reconciling well into the billions of dollars in revenue now for MSPs across those 850-some. Um, so, yeah. All right. Uh, before we continue, I just want to say hello. Shout out there to Matt Solomon, who needs to have autocorrect fixed on his, uh, on his uh, keyboard there called me uncle Mark. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> but, um, all right. Um, so yeah, let's go back a little bit because you, when we last talked and, and you'll be surprised that it was all the way back in December of 21 yeah. that we talked. So it's been a while. Uh, you had not, had you finished the first full year at that point, I don't remember. I don't think it was. No, so we we launched the billing module, which really was the product, um, in November of twenty one. So just kind of maybe a month before we, okay. we did that. Um, so we had done a lot of of conversations, some beta work with you know ten or twelve MSPs that were part of our advisory council to help form and mold the product. 
Um, but no, we had, we had just launched um, the month before and had our, had our hopes high. We, we had just raised a bunch of money and investment and we were ready to, to hit hard. So you know, I'd say probably 800 of those 850 some MSPs have come on since then. Uh, so it's been a bit of a wild ride getting everybody in, getting things going and I know that we talked about the fact that this was your third business that you had started. Now, without going back into the whole history there, folks, you can go back and listen to episode, what was it, 382, uh, if you want to hear that story. But I probably didn't ask you, were you nervous starting this one out as opposed to any of the others? Absolutely. <laughs> The, the first one, well, so I've started more, but this, this would be the third air quote successful one, I guess. Um, when I started my MSP, there was, you know, next to no money invested in that. I bought a laptop and started working my way to get clients and stuff. Um, when I started Pass Portal, we were just building it initially selfishly for ourselves because I owned an MSP. We had money that we were putting into it that we were going to build it anyways, so not crazy. Um, but doing this one, I'd say, yeah, there was some nerves because it was a brand new category, a brand new problem we were really trying to solve or a new solution to an old problem. And no one had done it before, so we weren't 100% sure that it would take off and invested a lot of our own money uh, into getting it going up front. So there was... Definitely some nerves, definitely some risk, but uh, still felt fairly confident. Now, it's it's a new category, but it's not necessarily a new concept. I don't know if I should do this to you. I went because I was going to go back and try to do a little bit of research to see what yep. things have changed since then. And it's mm -hmm. weird because if you do a search for billing reconciliation for MSPs, yep. you guys – it's almost like you don't come up because people still refer to ConnectWise and Kaseya and Synchro. And it's almost like, yeah. yeah, we know this gradient company is over here, but I mean, are you still fighting the battle that, you know, this integration thing is an issue where, you know, if, if companies already have some of that, then there's no, you know, synergy that can happen. Yes and no. Right. So <clears throat> if you look at it, you know, every PSA, and we're not looking to, to replace or displace anything or compete with any PSA. <clears throat> Natively, they all have it built in that um, you manage your agreements there. But what isn't automated today or really well managed is the ability to, to go through that reconciliation process. Now, the way that, that the PSAs have enabled for people to be able to solve the problem is through their API. And so as an MSP, if you are, you know, adept at, at coding and building your own integrations and, and stuff like that, then, hey, you've got a, a solution to a problem. There is a very finite number of channel vendors that are building their integrations with the PSAs anymore. And that's not because they don't believe in that path. It's that there's so many different PSAs now that for them to go, I can't just build with one or with two because I might only cover half of my partner base and now the rest of my partners are going to be pissed off that I don't do it for them. So the, the requests are just going to keep coming in and coming in to build more and more integrations. And that's very expensive on your engineering and product and everything else when you're trying to build an amazing product for whatever it is you do. And so what we found is <clears throat> on one hand, a lot of vendors haven't built the integrations and 99% of the vendors have not built the integrations with the emerging and contending PSA platforms. Now they might have them with Autotask and ConnectWise or one or the other or both, but then all these others that are still taking up 40, 50% of the market now, those aren't touched and aren't handled. So what we've been able to do is, is you know, we, we've refactored our whole import system. Um, so now we support upwards of 200 different channel vendors who create um, usage exports for their partners to get and, and download. You just drag and drop that into our system now and we interpret it, we deposit it, we do the comparison, everything else. Um, and then we'll write down to any of the nine PSAs that we support. 
Um, so we've covered that. Uh, but what you're what we're starting to see is a is a real strong acceleration of our integration program. So we have an API as well for channel vendors. And so what we offer to them is if they build one integration with us, they automatically can push through this consumption information to all of those PSAs. So they satisfy that need for their partners without having to go out and spend millions of dollars in R&D to build all those integrations with, you know, keeping their fingers crossed that I have partners that use this PSA or that one or, or whatever else. So, um, you know, we've got over 40 channel vendors have signed on to our integration program so far. I think we're at 16 have launched their integrations. We've got, they're launching every month right now. Uh, and that's, that's growing really. Now we talked before about, you've got your pricing out there. It looks really simple. Yep. And for the smaller shop versus the larger shop, uh, it doesn't look like there needs to be any like scaling of product in a sense. It's pretty much it works or it doesn't. Um, is there, I know it says that there's unlimited integrations, right? Uh, but is there any major difference in savings for a smaller MSP versus a larger MSP? Yeah. I mean, there, there is going to vary, right? So we, we actually have new pricing launching in like a week and a bit here. But um, so, so pricing is, is being tuned more to the size of the MSP. Is what I'd say. So if you're watching this now and you want to reserve your pricing for the next 12 months at this super low price, uh, sign up and, and get upgraded. But um, yeah, there, there definitely is. We just, we didn't initially understand and have the right mechanism, I guess, to to correlate or, or associate the, the value to what you spend versus how you use. And initially we thought that that would be based around integrations and what we're learning now is it's more around how many accounts and services that you're actually reconciling uh, and how many accounts you're billing. So, um, you know, where, where we're going with it is, you know, the integrations is one piece where you can turn those on and get things flowing. But, um, you know, the more accounts that you have and the more services you're reselling, it, it's a big effort on time, right? And now the value of that time varies. If you're a smaller MSP and you're the CEO or owner or president and you're doing this on your time, well, that that hourly rate is probably a lot more expensive than a larger MSP who's maybe spending, you know, a quarter of that possibly on an admin employee who's doing this task, right? The other thing to consider is where would your time be more valuably spent as the owner or president or whatever else compared to on that reconciliation process? Or are you doing this on your personal time and now this is impeding your personal life, your marriage, your relationships, your you know stuff with your kids, all of that stuff, right? So, so the value, it really depends on how you look at it. Now, the other flip side of that, and, and we do know that we're saving, you know, at least, at least 10 hours a month for most MSPs using our system. Um, but the flip side is the money and the money that you are not billing for. So on average, and that's across the full spread, um, we're finding $15,000 in annual revenue that the MSPs haven't been billing their clients for in their first billing cycle. So these are licenses that have been deployed that they just never check back. These are services like you know, maybe an MFA product or another solution that got deployed but you never captured that or ever even added it to the agreement because technicians don't talk to account managers, don't talk to, you know, accounts receivable and, and all of that. So, you know, there is no, no checks and balances really in place to make sure that if a solution got deployed to a client, but not added to the contract, how was that found? And because of how we ingest the data, how we compare the data, we're able to identify that immediately uh, and recover. So, I mean, on the smaller side, yeah, we have some MSPs who find a few hundred to a few thousand dollars a month. Um, you know, we've got a number of case studies on our website about that. We have a lot of other larger partners that have found anywhere between $100,000 and a half million dollars in revenue they weren't billing for. All just due to human error or sheer just, I hate it so much, I don't want to do it. 
um, that's going on. So, so yeah, as you get larger, there's definitely more value to be, to be had in just making sure that, that you're billing for what you're delivering. And then the flip side of that is, is the customer experience, right? Accurate billing matters. If they're consuming something, they should be getting billed for it. But they also don't want to be backcharged for six or 18 months in some cases of a service that, yeah, they've been using it, but you forgot to add it. You didn't, you know, so this is this is a lost thing. Or if you're overcharging them for things because, you know, we're, we're, you're hearing about layoffs all over the place now. Okay, so they've laid off some people, yet you're still charging them for 40 seats, but they only have 27 now. And they know that and they see that. Now that's a bad customer experience that would have been solved by just having a quick and easy reconciliation system doing it for you. Um, so there's a whole bunch of intrinsic gains that you can get um, as outside of just the time and money aspect. Yeah, we're going through that ourselves. We've got a customer, a large customer that's trying to consolidate and they've got a bunch of systems that haven't been used. And yeah. we're in that same situation where we're in, in our minds like, they're still on the network. We still have to manage them. So if you don't yeah. want us to charge you for them, then we need to either take them off or do something. Uh, we have adjusted pricing uh, to have a, a small cost for the equipment maintenance and then a cost for the user support. So they've kind of, they're okay with that and they can decide to move machines later and stuff. But on the, yeah. on the point that you made about admin time, CEO time. I know in my business, I have an admin that spends a lot of time making sure that all of our monthly bills are entered and associated with the correct customer so that we get the right billing. And there's a lot of times where I still have to double check and make sure that yeah. if some of that billing comes to me and not to her, that it gets over there. Yeah. And if she, you know, if she sends out an invoice and I'm like, Oh, I was supposed to add this. You know, and you're right. Customers get upset when they're like, you already billed us for that month. Why are you, are you billing us again? That's the thing, right? And even, even the MSPs who are maybe using direct integrations that exist already, those are writing direct to your agreements without you having a check and balance to be able to look at it first and say, yes. So maybe you deployed 10 seats of a, of a solution to just try it at a client. Well, that's on the bill already now, and you don't even realize that you're going and, and going through and, and pushing that stuff. Or, you know, somebody accidentally provisioned way too many licenses and then backed it off or whatever. Again, that just got added to the bill, and it's complicating things and looking at it. So one of the things our partners do love about us is you go into one place, and on a single pane of glass, I see all of what I'm billing every single client across all the services. And now I can see the comparison about what's being used and what am I set to bill for? And I can make a decision right there. Do I approve this or not? Um, and you can do that in bulk one at a time, however, but gives you that opportunity to make corrections before that's hitting QuickBooks or zero and, and out the door. Yeah. All right. So we've talked about that. So before we get into the changes that have happened at gradient since our last chat, let me make sure that I acknowledge the people taking care of us here. The IT Business Podcast is brought to you by NetAlly, the leader in network testing solutions. Networks. Uh, NetAlly's innovative products empower network engineers and technicians to, twic- to quickly and easily troubleshoot wired and wireless networks, ensuring optimal performance and user experience. With a comprehensive range of testing tools and software, NetAlly simplifies network testing and delivers actionable insights to keep your business and clients running smoothly. So why wait? Upgrade your network testing with NetAlly today and experience the power of reliable connectivity. Visit NetAlly.com to learn more. And our live show brought to you by Computers Done Right, your one-stop shop for all your computer needs in Venice, Florida, Their team of experienced professionals specialize in computer repair, virus removal, data recovery, and much more. Whether it's a desktop or laptop, they've got you covered. And they also offer a wide range of affordable and high-quality computers, peripherals, and accessories. So why struggle with your computer problems when someone is available to help? 
Visit today and experience the top-notch service that many satisfied customers have come to expect. ComputersDoneRight.com, your trusted IT partner. And I don't have a slide, but I need to let you guys know that TechCon Unplugged is coming up in September, the ultimate conference for IT business owners and professionals. Join us there. I'll be in attendance. I'll be your MC for the weekend. Uh, we will be having networking, learning, and fun in a relaxed and intimate setting. You'll have the opportunity to connect with like-minded individuals, learn from industry experts, and explore the latest trends and technologies that are shaping the future of our industry. From breakout sessions to keynotes, panels to parties, TechCon Unplugged has it all. So, what are you waiting for? Register now at TechCon Unplugged. Use my promo code that I will have in the show notes, uh, ITBP75 off. But use that. Uh, the rates will be going up here at the end of the month. They are still $199. So sign up before March 31st to lock in at that rate. TechCon Unplugged, where relationships matter. All right. So we started to talk about, Colin, the fact that big growth since uh, the end of 2021. And so you went from 50 to about 850 partners. You had 13 employees at that time. How many do you have now? We are at 30 employees right now. So we added a whole bunch more than that. Uh, Went really hard at the market to get a bunch of those 850 some. And uh, yeah, just with economic uncertainty and and some of the changes of go-to-market that we talked about, um, we went through a, a some layoffs in November, actually. Mm. So um, we had gotten up to 53 people and, and so, you know, had to right-size a little bit to make sure that regardless of whatever economic climate and storm was coming, um, that we'd be good and and switched up our go-to-market instead of heavy events and, and heavy engagement that way to focus more on product and product-led growth and and a team that can can really work with the MSPs and get them on and adopting and using the product. So, yeah. All right. So switching from the on-site conference stuff, looks like you're doing a lot more in terms of not just podcasts, but webinars. You've got one tomorrow uh, that we'll yeah. have a link for. And... Uh, Entitled, Hey, MSP, Microsoft 365 licensing issues got you down. <laughs> so uh, yeah. that should be fun. Yeah, it's good. We've got uh, a lot of MSPs are signed up for that. So we just launched an integration with Cloud Radio. Amazing uh, customer experience and client experience platform for MSPs. And uh, um, yeah, we... <laughs> We were getting a request from a mutual partner, wanted an integration between our synthesized platform and, and uh, cloud radio. And so we connected. We didn't really understand what the use case was, and that's really what it was. It was cloud radio tracks all of the, the deployment and usage of various software applications, including M365. And uh, that's what they wanted to reconcile was to just automate the, the reconciliation of how many seats of M365 and the various SKUs of that um, through their client agreements. Um, so Cloud Radio joined our integration program and, uh, you know, built built an awesome integration with us, which launched last week. And so, yeah, we're covering, covering some stuff on that uh, tomorrow on the webinar. Now, are you still finding that there are some issues where, some MSPs have clients that are full NCE and then they have some that are still legacy uh, and, and having those billing issues where some are, are a true month to month under the legacy 365 and then some yeah. are, some are month to month NCE. Is, is that, yeah, so, go ahead. Yeah. It's all over the place right now. Um, so we've got a lot of, a lot of requests to manage commitment dates and, and, commitments and stuff like that and renewals. Um, So we're looking into some of that stuff right now, but something that we did add fairly recently is, is service aggregation now. So uh, in most cases, MSPs are charging back a similar amount because there's more than just the sale of the solution. There's the administration management and everything else on it. 
Um, so the, the commitment stuff is, is less relevant in how they're charging through. They just want to make sure that they don't have 10 different line items because of all these different renewal dates and everything else when it comes to their agreements. So what we allow now is the ability to aggregate those on the, on the SKU, regardless of commitment term, renewal dates, anything else, um, so that we can just write and build down to a single unit count um, to make sure that it's all, all clear and easily managed. All right. That sounds interesting. Is that going to be part of tomorrow's webinar or that's something? Yeah, we'll, we'll talk all about it. You bet. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and, and then he got one next week. Or, um, is that next week? It's a two weeks, the 16th. Uh, MSP billing simplified. Man, we've got tons on the go. So we've got that one. We've got one coming up on the 21st with uh, Chris Weiser. Um, you know, talking about how consumption billing and all in all included billing can be done, but still making sure you're managing your cost up approach and that you're in compliance with the, with all of your billing and, and deployments as well. So, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're ever curious and want to see what we got on the go from webinars, educational content, everything else, uh, if you hit up meetgradient.com, you can go to the resources um, you can go to our events um, thing in the in the top nav there as well, and just get get the full lowdown. I mean, we've got a number of of series that we run. Um, you know, Nerdy Birdie gets really deep deep into the weeds on on billing and and different solutions and methodologies and all of that type of stuff. And then uh, Between Two Feathers, I think, is our newest one where. We just we talk a lot about the the theories and and just overall business betterment stuff. So yeah, all right. And you <laughs> said so. Cloud radio is one of your newest integrations. So mm-hmm. so in terms of PSAs, you yeah. said there's there's nine PSA integrations. Yeah, we support nine PSAs today. So I mean. Think through ConnectWise, Data Autotask, Kaseya BMS, Synchro, Pulseway, Halo PSA, Excello, um, TigerPaw, and then CloudBlue PSA. All right. And then you've got, what is it, over 200 other integrations that you're able to uh, to pull billing and, and uh, contracts yeah, so and stuff from? Import support for any, any vendor, supplier, distributor. Anybody that you're able to pull a usage export generally in a CSV file, um, we flexibly support all of them. Um, And we've taken it to the next level. So when you bring that data in with any other import system, it's pretty brutal uh, from a user experience standpoint is to get to a certain point of mapping and and getting everything set. And then they'll say there's all these errors with it. Start over. Um, which really sucks from an experience standpoint. So with us, we'll tell you, hey, there's errors, but you can inline edit and correct all those errors in the in the table view within our software. Um, right there, we'll automatically update it, and then you can move forward. So you're not backing out and having to edit your file, re-upload, go through all the process again. We just let you solve it right then and there and make all the recommendations. So um, yeah, 200-some that we're aware of that, that provide the exports. And then we've got some 15 or 16 direct tie integrations to fully automate the ingestion of data. Um, Cloud radial being one of the newest ones. And then a super powerful integration with LionGuard as well, um, where, you know, given what they do as a unified monitoring and management system, you know, I'd say there's 70 something different products that you can automate the reconciliation of with, LionGuard tied into Gradient Synthesize. Um, so there's tons of LionGuard partners that are, are loving and using that, that through one single integration, they've automated almost their entire stack uh, from a reconciliation point. Yeah, I saw that. I saw AWS, which uh, for some people is just, you know, mind-blowing sometimes to go through all of that. Now, you mentioned that other integrations, if you start the import and there's errors, you got to start over and, and yours, you can fix them. But what, what's the most common type of error that comes up? Um, it comes in like misformatting, right? So sometimes you'll have a completely null, null cell where there's no data in it. Okay. Um, so we can't pull anything like that. Computers are stupid, right? That's why we all have jobs as MSPs. Well, not with AI. Come on now. Right? Right? Oh, come on. 
Um, but, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's the systems often don't know what to do if there's an empty cell or if there's a different format or if there's a different, um, 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 you know, field type. So you have text versus a number or you have alphanumeric instead of just one or the other, you know, so those are some of the things or you have something that comes in, especially with like an AWS or Azure or something like that, where you've got, um, you know, you're billed by load hours or something, and you've got like 12 decimal points or something in this thing, right? So to concatenate some of that stuff. But um, that's the type of stuff that comes up, and, and it's really easy to solve if you know about it. Right. But it's a pain in the butt if you have to back out, edit the file, find the row in the file, because you might have done a massive upload from a distributor that covers 12 different products for 30-something clients, you know, and now you're trying to look at it and find it. Whereas with ours, we highlight it, we take you right to that row, we tell you the exact cell that's a problem, and then you can edit it, save it, and just keep moving forward. Now, is that something that once it's found and edited, does it remember it for the next time? Or is that something that has to be submitted to you to say, hey, we need this fixed for the next ingestion? Yeah, it's, it's kind of a profile thing, right? Because it's whatever the contents of the file are. So we can't right. predict what's going to come in from the file next month when you bring it in. Um, but at least there, we give you that opportunity. You can either disregard them and move forward with the import just without doing those ones or, or just edit the info. Oh, that's um, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Disregard. Mm-hmm. So, so I think I've checked all of my stuff and I think you have everybody but enable. Oh, look at so, which, which enable product? Which uh, <laughs> enable RMM, the uh, SolarWinds MSP yeah. side. So we've got um, a few partners that were they built custom reports. Though it, really, yeah. And uh, so we've got one partner for sure that's used Automation Manager um, to just pull a bunch of counts um, to a CSV that they drag and drop, but we do, if you, if you search enable, they should be on there and then cove back up for imports as well. Um, yeah. I thought I was going to have to switch. No, no. Everybody support everybody. We're friends with everybody. I know, but everybody's telling me, Oh, you got to get off enable. They're fine for me. There it is. Import integration. All right. So, all right. No more excuses for me. Let me, <laughs> Get in here before the prices go up. Should, should. You've got, I think the 15th is is D-Day. There you go. I'll be here with uh, Sean Lardo sipping a drink live on air. It's birthday too. Actually, he'll probably be doing a cigar, which I don't do. But um, you know what? That reminds me. I, I didn't ask you. Last time we talked, you had hair. Am I correct? You are correct. Yeah, I had a lot more did you hair. did you did you come over to the? I I yeah I uh, I had started doing the buzz cut thing for a bit, and then we had a, a corporate summit, and in Slack, some people had been sharing pictures of the various things that were going on and everything. And I looked at a picture and I was like, "Who's that balding person?" It was a picture from behind. I kind of clicked in and zoomed in. And it was me. With this thing. <laughs> End out bald spot at the back, and I was. You had the donut working from that uh, from that retreat, and said, "Yeah, I'm I'm done with it." So, I started shaving. Much easier to maintain. That Much is easier. true. That is true. I keep it. I keep it tight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So, I think we've at least all the stuff that I could find that was new. We talked about the new integrations. Uh, we talked about all the other stuff you've added. Uh, mm-hmm. Is there anything that I did not notice in terms of a new service, a new integration that you want to highlight. So we, we've continued to kind of expand on things. So we, we, we can keep uh, improving and refining the billing reconciliation stuff that we do, but our big focus is on building an integration platform that allows you to attach any system to any part of a PSA. So our next step in that was we launched an alerts module um, where we've got a few vendors now that have built integrations where any alerts that get triggered in their systems will punch through to create a service ticket in the service board or ticket queue of your choosing in your PSA. Um, So we have that now and kind of the integration inventory is just building up on that. 
Um, so as that continues to grow, you know, trying to find a way to consolidate the view of not, not having all of your technicians with a head on a swivel, checking all your different monitoring systems, consoles, everything else to make sure you don't drop balls, don't miss an alert. Um, but just have that all funneled through to the right ticket queues and kind of pick it up and go first in, first out or, or whatever priority. So that was, that's something that's new since we last talked, but isn't something that on the marketing side, we focus heavy on until our integration inventories uh, up to snuff on that. Um, there's just, there's a lot of stuff coming down the pipe, really. Um, we've got a lot of integrations coming. We we have an API. It is, it's an open API for any vendor to play with and, and work with. Um, but we are on the verge of, of making that API public now for MSP. So we've got a few partners in a pilot program with us where they've started building their own intermediary integrations between various suppliers and vendors and partners that they have that don't have integrations. And then they're building those in, in ourselves. So, um, so that, that stuff is starting to come on and you'll see ways that we can start to drive some interesting ways of community sharing of those efforts and integrations that, that MSP peers are building and uh, a whole bunch of, of really cool stuff coming. We just announced today that we're bringing back our virtual partner conference, Leg Up. Oh. Um, so we did that first in November of 21 when we launched our platform. It was awesome. We had 1,000 MSPs out to that as a brand new company. Um, things went really well. So uh, we're bringing that back. We've, we're just uh, finalizing some details with a bunch of sponsors that are coming on board to just deliver a virtual event experience unlike an MSP scene before. Um, you know, it's, <clears throat> there's countless events like the one you just went to where, you know, you're committing a lot of time, travel, dollars, you know, real, real hard focus out there. Um, maybe donating your liver, depending on how much time you spend at the bar. But, you know, you, you're really out of pocket when you, when you go to those events. And we didn't want to be another event that came out. Um, so we wanted to stay virtual with it, but we wanted to be able to replicate the amount of networking and camaraderie and, and interactivity that you have at a live event. So got a really cool virtual platform that we're doing the event on gives you all the ability to bump into your peers, have, you know, video face-to-face -face conversations with them, interact with vendors, be, be parts of the presentations and breakouts and keynotes and stuff. So um, that's on June 1st, but if you hit up legupconference.com, you can pre-register for that. Uh, we'll keep you up to date with all the content that's coming. Um, we're working on some, some massive uh, sessions for that event, and we've got a number of big platform announcements for the event as well. So. All right. So uh, you didn't want anybody to come up there to Calgary, huh? <laughs> None of this time. It's way too cold. Way too cold. But it's uh, uh, it's probably <laughs> as as white as the back of your screen there, right? Right, almost. That's <laughs> that's a big window. That's just the outdoor. Yeah, that's, that's a snowstorm a... right now. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, yeah, but uh, no, it'll be it'll be an awesome event. You know, Matt Solomon was commenting earlier, so we're partnering up with Channel Program as part of that. So we're bringing a channel pitch. Um, session into the event as well oh nice um, so having them manage and do that with us and, and just helping to, to spread it out with the audience so, yeah all right well folks there you go uh meetgradient.com colin knox has updated us and superb growth over the last uh year and a half since we last chatted we'll have to do this again soon but i have a question for you mm -hmm. so if you were sitting at your home late at night watching TV and you started to hear some rustling at your door. Um, when you go to the door, how do you, how do you, how do you greet something at the door? Do you, have a, you greet something at the door? Yeah. Do you like have a peephole? And if you don't see anything, do you open it and just barge out and, yeah, I, I don't have a peephole. We've got windows on, on the front door, so we can kind of see the size and shape of whatever's out front. But All right. yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open the door and see see who's there or what's there. Is your is your porch lighted well? Yes. Yes, it is. All right. So 
in Daytona Beach, Florida. Oh, boy. Scott Hollinsworth heard noises outside his front door Saturday night and thought his teenage son might be sneaking in or out of the house. He could not have been more wrong. He took one step out onto his front porch, illuminated only by the glare of the television screen, and suddenly felt a set of powerful jaws grip onto his left leg. So here's what happened. He uh, got hit or got bit, stepped back, flipped on the lights, and saw an alligator sitting on his front porch. The alligator was 7 feet 10 inches. <laughs> and, of course, they had to call 911 and get a state-licensed trapper out to his house. Out to his house. And uh, he was actually ble- bleeding above the knee. That's how high the alligator got him. And my first thought is, how do you not notice a seven foot alligator? And my thought is, if you're looking through the peephole and you don't see anything, yeah, you might want to maybe go to the side window or open the door a crack. I don't know if yeah. I'd open it up enough to have a seven foot alligator come charging in. So, uh, wow. so that's just a warning folks. Uh, I, I did not tell this to anybody that was in Orlando, but it's, it's gator mating season right now. So oh, they are out and about and, <laughs> and looking. So, uh, that can happen at your front door. So Colin, you told me you didn't have a story to challenge Florida, man. So you're no. going to be left to answer a random question here. So let's generate a question. And see what comes up. Um, Oh, this will be interesting. What will be your go-to story when you're old? Oh, man. (laughs) Go-to story when I'm old. Now, that has a lot of connotations because, you know, the kids today think that we're old. Yep. This is a good one. Yeah. Um, do you, do you tell stories now? I I do tell some stories now. I'm trying to think what what a good go to would be. You know, I think so. We um, every they say everybody's got a doppelganger out there. Okay. And um, <clears throat> so I was over my career. I've spent many many a days at at channel events, and I was at. At DattoCon, actually, and I want to say it was in Denver, and I had been at the I'd been at the event all day. Had just actually just gotten to the bar because I had a partner dinner that I was out at earlier, and I went up to the bar. I got a drink with me and I think one or two other employees at the time, and um, turned around and was talking to some people, and and the the tab came to pay for their drinks and, you know, I wasn't even looking at it. I just went to sign it. And my employee was like, Whoa, 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 hold on. Don't, don't sign that bill. And we looked and there was several thousand dollars uh, as a bar tab. And so we said to the bartender, I don't understand why, like how we we ordered three drinks. There's, There's no way that this is three drinks. And he went off about how I've been at the bar all night. I've been buying drinks for all of my friends and on and on and on. And I was so confused. I just got there. And he goes, no, no way. You've been here. You've been buying drinks all night. And and I've been waiting for a credit card and everything else. And this doesn't make any sense. So we started negotiating and everything else. And I was getting kind of frustrated. He already had my credit card anyways. So we negotiated a good settlement price. Agreed on that. I signed it and moved on. And uh, the next day, I'm talking to somebody and in the at the event at another vendor, and these people walk by and they're like, "Hey, you guys look a lot alike." And they're like, "Really? Do we?" And he goes, "I was just about to tell you how my bar tab got paid last night. I went to pay my tab, and it was already paid." <laughs> 
<laughs> and, and yeah, so it was, I had way more hair, had a bushier beard, but it was Dave Goldie that we looked identical. Apparently, So ended up paying and covering his bar tab, but uh, yeah, so never, never doubt that your doppelganger is out there and you may come across them sometime. I'm going to have to remind him the next time I see him, he, he's got uh, some money to play with at the bar. Yeah. yeah. Did he ever pay you back? Over time, I'm sure we've shared a few few good drinks and, and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I don't know as though he's ever ever paid back that full amount. But that's okay. All right. <laughs> I will. Uh, we're going to call out Dave Goldie for that. So <laughs> I'll remember that. Uh, all right, Colin. Well, thank you for hanging out. And, yeah. again, I'm going to probably sign up for one of these things and uh, get signed up to at least – I was going to do the freemium, but I think now I'll just go ahead and yeah, give it a try. Lock go down and 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 pay and lock in here, and I'll fight with my admin about the cost. But it's plain that hey, if it saves us both an hour, that'll that'll Absolutely. be enough there. It's worth it for sure. And uh, when do you think you guys might be heading back out on the road? Um, so we're doing a few things with Taylor Business Group, and. I will be at TechCon Unplugged. I'll be delivering a different kind of keynote there just around my history and business and entrepreneurship and everything else. Uh, but I will see you out there. All right. We'll definitely see you then. Colin, yeah. thanks for hanging out. And for those of you that joined us live, thank you very much. Um, let's see, Matt and Maxwell and a couple, of, a couple of others there across all the platforms, folks. We stream live most Wednesdays at 8 p.m. here on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. So you can find us on all those platforms. You can find us other places. IT Business Podcast is your go-to source, my words, for the latest insights and trends for MSPs and IT professionals. We hope that you found this episode informative and engaging. To stay up to date with future episodes, be sure to subscribe and maybe leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for future topics, would love to hear it. Head over to itbusinesspodcast.com. Drop us a line. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. But until then, holla. 